1: Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com
2: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
3: We need to use this time as a mini preseason, if you like. We want to reset our identity, our style of play in and out of possession. We'll work the lads hard from a fitness point of view. So this, this is gold dust for us in terms of days when we can have unlimited time on the training pitch. We'll give them a little bit of time with the families. A few will go out on international break. But in the main, this is about us resetting for the second half of the season.
0: welcome to the my Man said podcast I'm David Michael the editor of com, and your host while the world burns around us and stocks drop and crypto markets crash and the Ukraine faces potential war with Russia one thing is certain we will always be here every week and now Villa are winning so uh Villa works in the opposite of how the world is uh, situated so when that's burning Villa start to rise so uh what, well, when everything's going well, we get
3: relegated? Yeah, exactly.
0: If 2022 <laughs> is going to be a year of recession, then we should qualify for Europe this season. That's all I'm saying. Joining me to uh, to discuss that much-needed win at Goodison, Mr. Chris Bird, Mr. Phil Shaw, and returning from the wilderness, uh, a friend of the show... Mr. Max Stokes, Villa on Tour. Welcome.
1: Hello, hello. It's been an absolute while. I think it's been at least a couple of years since I've been on. So uh, nice to be on after a win. Thanks for having me.
0: You've been uh, you've been turning into a man over these years. These are your <laughs> formative years.
1: I know. I've working at- a working man. <laughs> some of the videos that uh, I used to post like back in the day because this is the fifth year of Villa on Tour. So I was looking back wow. at some of them um yeah i have i have changed a little bit but uh yeah good to be on mate <laughs> what do you mean you've changed a little bit because i was what 16 when i started and i'm getting comments like oh you've put the weight on well yeah obviously that's what happens when you go from 16 to 21 so filling out it's, yeah, exactly. it's, it's what happens when you become lad. a man
0: yeah it's called weather spoons my friend <laughs> <laughs> if you're uh, new to the show uh max used to uh, be on and uh we, we would trouble him while he was meant to be revising for his A levels. <laughs> so we would actually, on the show, <laughs> help him revise uh, his A levels by <laughs> <laughs> by oh. asking, uh, well, you know, whatever the t- subject he was meant to be revising <laughs> while we're recording. We would uh, would take five minutes out of the podcast to uh, live on air, uh, go over geography uh, A-, A level revision. And now Max is fully oh. qualified
1: and Villa are good. <laughs> I know, yeah. How times change.
0: Yeah. yeah, I don't know if the two are connected, but uh, if if you haven't seen uh, Villa on tour, then uh, always like to uh, consider it as uh, the place to go if you don't actually get to away games. You can actually get a real taste of uh, what's going on. So uh, check it out on YouTube and help the boy, or oh, sorry, <coughs> help the man. Get to a hundred hundred thousand followers, so he gets one of those nice plaques that you can oh, use yeah. as a nice. as a bookend or a doorstop <laughs> or a weapon <laughs> or whatever, or a weapon <laughs> of mass destruction to throw at Everton fans. <laughs> it's better than a Lucas Aid bottle. Well, that's what I'm saying. Beat them round the head with that uh, YouTube plaque if if they're coming to the party with Lucas Aid bottles. <laughs> Right, uh, coming up in the show, the usual uh, crack that we'll catch up on the latest villain news. We'll see what uh, Mr. Phil Shaw's got in terms of media muppetry of the week uh, before going into the three points. Not not as crazy as last week's three points. I thought that was. I think we peaked. They were box uh, office last week. (laughs) I think we peaked at those last three points uh, before getting into uh, the trip to Everton and those much needed three points. Right, uh, it's time for some news now. Shall we go for. has there been fires the at Inferno, watch? David. When's that happened that recently? The early hours of Sunday morning. Oh, right, sure. I was just obviously asleep. That's my uh, that's my excuse, anyway. That's my alibi. <laughs> uh, do you want the uh, infernos at the home of the dogheads, or the corrosion of St. Andrews? <laughs> <laughs> or even the, the stowaway found, this is my most impressive headline I found, the stowaway found in the South African plane wheel at Amsterdam Airport. What's that, like at 8, 11, 8? To ten-hour kind of journey, managed to uh, survive it as well. He, sh- he needs a, a Dutch knighthood and citizenship because that is some effort. He must have had a warm
4: coat on, yeah.
3: Or
0: do you want the villa
3: news? <sighs> Let's just go with the villa news reluctantly.
4: I think
0: the Doghead Inferno and the St. Andrew's corrosion is just too depressing. I mean, we, we've just won a game. We need We're to set We're setting standards this. on this
3: podcast as well. I'm not talking about that garbage.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have to filter that kind of shit out. Uh, Martinez signs a new contract to the year it's almost like an, another century isn't it the, the year 2027 20, when he'll be uh, older than probably Brad Friedel uh, by the end of that was you surprised by the length of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean I, and I, I, i'm sure i read as well that there isn't a
3: release clause which if that's isn't no it? which if that's the truth you think wow
0: Max, do you believe in uh, Martinez's undivided love for Villa or, or do you think he's off uh, in let's say two years time?
1: Well I watched the uh, the interview I think Villa put out on Villa TV and it was brilliant, it seems like he actually properly loves the club and I don't want to go down the same sort of hole that we've been in Grealish, Delph etc but you know it's just fantastic I think when he speaks he actually loves the club and uh, on my video yeah. yesterday at the end when we were all chanting and he was walking off the pitch he was properly, properly getting involved so it just seems like he's bought into the club and uh, he's well class, and he's one of the, I'd say, top three or four goalkeepers in, uh, his, well, definitely the league if not the world, so happy days. I agree with
0: that. He, he also dived into the Holt, didn't he, when we equalised? North uh, stand oh, sorry, it? dived into the North Stand when we equalised against United. I like stuff like that. Courtney House, they didn't give him those extra two years. He He's renewed <laughs> his contract to 2025. Gave him enough money to fly off to New York after he uh, came on for a minute or so uh, against... He's Auburn. working on the
3: difficult second album, I
0: think. Yeah, well, <laughs> he is, isn't he? He's <laughs> so, uh, he's ex- so ex- over there Lumble. for his <laughs> <laughs> i think you should do what ryan Babel did and, and wrapped his biography instead of just writing a biography but don't bite dye your hair pink or red or whatever it was <laughs> uh villa now on a uh 16 day break after the everton game uh what are you doing in your 16 day break mr stokes
1: oh i haven't even thought about it i only found out yesterday that there was a massive break that's two weekends i've got to fill <laughs>
0: It caught me by surprise as well, but the Villa players—they've been planning this for ages. I mean, a lot of them like flew off. I think McGinn went to Dubai. Courtney House went to New York. They must have flown straight away from because they were Instagram from Manchester Airport about an hour after the game.
1: Well, there's international games as well, isn't there? I think Coutinho is off as well as a couple of yeah, others. Yeah, yeah. So
3: all the South American lads are all off to. Uh for their World Cup qualifiers, I believe.
0: Well, we'll we'll talk about that break anyway, because it, uh, it features uh, in the question of the week. Uh, Philogene Bedice went off to uh, Stoke on loan. Archer also off to Preston. I think Cortinho's arrival really uh, put the kibosh on that because essentially means that Ings and Watkins won't play together. So Archer's chance to get on, uh, for, you know, even for a few minutes has uh, suddenly disappeared. I think they're, good. So, I think I they're think pretty
3: good moves for both. If we can get our younger lads playing in the championship rather than like you know the non-league yeah. and League Two etc. You want to you want to you know featuring it a pretty good level if possible.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely interested to in see if uh, Archer A gets game time, but also uh, scores mm. because uh, in the League Cup, I mean, he was deadly. Uh, he was deadly. So and I mean, was it, I, he um, scored I mean, against the other week. It was it. Uh, it was the Baggies, wasn't it? It was a great goal. That first touch and finish was like Owen-esque. Yeah, he's definitely. Uh, It's definitely a natural when it comes to finishing. Mm. He's no Kendall Davis. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, uh, the Villa women won their big uh, bottom of the table clash with Leicester with a uh, 2-1 win with the winner coming via TikTok's favorite uh, Alicia Lehman or Doug uh, Douglas Louise's favorite uh, Alicia Lehman uh, with a last minute winner that pretty much keeps them up uh, even though we're not even you know what, halfway in the season yeah well but- since the blues have got four points and villa are now 13 Basically, and you Ed- get to double f- above that You get to double figures in your safe don't you in that league i think
4: Yeah, pretty much. Well, it was looking tricky enough. The Blues were 2-0 up against Reading, but then they threw it away, so... Nah, I think that's them done now. Yeah.
0: Uh, meanwhile, in Afcon, the mu- movie <laughs> Troré, Tra- Tra- he's he's like up and down. He's so volatile, isn't he? He's scoring, he's is he's giving penalties. He's missing penalties. He's getting COVID. He'll he'll come back a different man from that from that experience for sure. But are they 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 got yeah, through they the quarterfinals. Uh, yeah,
3: seven six on penalties after a one on an extra time.
0: And Trezeguet's still in there, uh, and he yeah, they're Egypt they're, they're play, a the Ivorian Ivory
3: Coast are a good side have got some really good players so that'll be a really hard game for them
0: that's a proper battle yeah. that one uh meanwhile uh steven gerrard uh hinted that things are still bubbling away in the transfer window so uh watch out for that we'll probably uh, speak a little bit about that uh, later on right uh, i think it's time for media muppets mm-hmm.
4: Right, Mr. Shaw, what's in the media Muppet trough this week? Well, i tried try to look beyond the Birmingham Mail, but... <laughs> <laughs> i can't do it some, some you're gonna t- need a bit you're gonna need a bigger ladder to get to look over that yes sometimes you can't bury the lead because this one listens this a belter um so the the headline was jack grealish has already given luis suarez verdict amid aston villa transfer links you're just doom scrolling and you say i'm sorry what what first of all it's like grooming I mean, grealish that's all right you know comment on villa if you want but he, he hasn't really i'm speechlessly still mentioned and the, as an authority in Villa transfer but you can relax he, he's not talking to Lang at all this is prime this comes from a collection of tweets that Grealish hasn't deleted from 2012 so the tweet says no one understands how much I love Suarez my favourite player ever haha ha. so that was from October
0: 2012 what's that that's like what's well, 10 years well not coming up to yeah, that's 10 what I'm saying. years
4: these are so long ago that Grealish was still Irish he wasn't English then um <laughs> I mean, he was 16. I mean, to recycle these and other um, comments about Gerard and Coutinho and sort of use them as a comment in the current transfer policy is shocking. And there was more to come. Like we've already mentioned that John McGinn is jetted off to Dubai. Well, they couldn't help but uh, recycle that he's jetted off to Dubai with two Manchester United players amid transfer links. Amid transfer links.
0: It's like they're creating
4: scaremongering. Yeah, they failed to mention that Mings is away to Dubai as well. So does that mean that Mings is going to United? No just they're going on holiday I mean Dubai is a place to go maybe Ming's is dun, dun, dun.
0: Mm. right before we uh, launch full on into the show I just want to give a shout out to uh, the supporters of this episode Penfold now we're into 2022 and you're looking at uh, New Year's resolutions I think you should be getting your uh, finances up to scratch so uh, in the UK it's uh, if you haven't got a pension already that's probably the, uh, the conservative rock you need in your investment portfolio especially if you're a uh, freelancer uh, a lot of big percentage of freelancers haven't got any pension, uh, which is something I realized uh, last year when I finally uh, got a pension through Penfold. So uh, it takes literally five minutes. You can set it up on your phone, and uh, if you open your uh, Penfold pension using the code MOMS. If you go to uh, getpenfold.com stroke moms and use the code moms to open it, you get an extra £50 pounds in your pension as soon as you uh, fund it, as well as getting uh, the 25% bonus on anything you put in, uh, the government bonus. Your money is invested. You can choose the uh, the risk and tier, uh, but uh, you will get a uh, percentage back, obviously, from your investments, and that compounds and builds and builds, and, and over time, uh, it's quite astonishing. Uh, how it builds and you know the younger you are the better but it's never too late any investment even a pension your capital is at risk but uh, do sign up at the link and get that extra 50 pounds uh, when you set it up and you can if you got any other existing pensions you can uh, draft them into the, your pot as well and they'll actually do that for you right uh, on to the three points FIFA are to revamp the loan system by uh, July 2024. Uh, how long do they
4: need to revamp
0: it? Windows going- and windows of transfers, yeah. David. Well, they're,
4: they're going to phase it in so it's not su- such a big shock for them. So it's going to be eight, mm. then seven, then six.
3: It gives every team's lawyers time to kind of find loopholes.
4: Plans, if passed
0: uh, at the July 2022 FIFA conference, are to be introduced to limit the maximum loans out and in by a team to six. The rules do not cover domestic loans but fifa has said national associations must bring their regulations in line within three years so by july the first 2025 at uh, the latest this is essentially to stop the stockpiling of young players isn't it by the likes of chelsea manchester city and then not just send them around uh, the whole of europe uh, is, that yeah, a, is that what is that what they're doing um,
4: at, at first it looked like a, a pretty big story and this was going to wreck the, the chelsea business model but it Whenever you look closer, it's it won't include club trained or under 21 players. So they can still, there's no limit on that amount. So the Chelsea business model is pretty much unaffected. It's whenever you get the players that, you know, don't quite cut the grade and you can't get rid of them. It's so if a team has too many of them on their books and they can't just sort of send them away to their, their sister clubs.
0: So it's not like, I mean, for, for example, Villa have been buying a lot of, uh, let's say, 17, 18, 19 year old players, like the top players around Europe for their academy can they loan them out yeah
4: they'll be able to loan them out after they've been at the academy for a season or two you know so they're kind of as club trained yeah but
3: it basically limits Chelsea from loaning out like people like Danny drink water every year
4: oh <laughs> Petit, yeah, Ross Barkley came in but. sooner. Oh, well, let's them fuck <laughs> uh, <so,
0: laughs> What's, what's drink water going to do? That's the last time he's kicked a ball. Once these rules come in. Meanwhile, uh, point number two: we're, we're staying quite domestic this time. Uh, Spurs have raised the prices of food and drink inside their shiny new stadium by an average of seven percent, but this is the second price rise this season. Is this, uh, is this anything to do with inflation? Because inflation is coming in. I mean, I've just been to America and I couldn't believe the, the prices in supermarkets. I mean, I the first one I went into, which is Target, you know, which is, it's kind of what Woolworths used to be. And I was, I stood in the the fridge section just laughing at the price of milk and cheese. It was absolutely ridiculous. And like you go to a, a game when I went to the basketball or ice hockey beers were like $15, $16. It's, uh, it's just another level. So uh, is this Spurs' reaction to uh, their loss of revenue from like COVID? Because
3: they had one of the worst, didn't they? They had to take out like government loans to help them with the
0: stadium, etc. Because so. I got an email saying, I haven't read the email, I just saw the headline, how much, something like 165000 or something, that Spurs were losing a game because of the empty seats. And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it referred to uh, uh, the the season where obviously there was you know it's all behind closed doors football and they were set up I mean the whole deal wasn't it on that new stadium was they were going to host loads of events you know NFL contract and everything and then suddenly they were like mm-hmm. taken off by the knees uh, more so than any other clubs because they were like legislating for fans to be there and all these events that we're going to host well,
1: uh, the the facilities at Tottenham have been well documented haven't they and a little anecdote when I went there I think it was the start of October uh with Villa the I can't believe they're raising the price of food and stuff because I had one of the worst sausage rolls I've ever had there I think just they do like meal deals and all sorts of ridiculously expensive things you can get done and yeah I think it's it's silly really did
0: you put up a picture of this? I remember. No, nah, that was few. MK
1: Dons, where that was even worse. But <laughs> yeah, I think just the prices at Tottenham is, is silly.
0: But I, I went there uh, for the last Villa game, and then the week after, I went to see the the Jets versus the Falcons in the uh, NFL. And I got, uh, is it Beaver Town? Yeah, they got the brewery there, haven't IPA. they? IPA. They've got the brewery there. I was in the home end, but it was like above the two sections of Villa fans. So it was kind of Villa in stereo. But uh, you get Beaver Town, I think it was like five pound or something. Which wasn't too bad, but then uh, the next week I was thinking, uh, you know, if this if the Jets suck as they always do, at least I'll be able to have a Beaver turn or whatever, and like it's not too bad. And there was no sign of any IPAs or any uh, any of the usual stuff. They and it was all like Cause Light, Bud Light, and everything was like a, a pound fifty more expensive, and all the food was more expensive. It was like wow, they really uh, they really liked to rinse uh, American football fans big time. So if you think we've got it bad uh, in football, uh, actually it felt good, uh, and especially having to been to America recently and how expensive tickets and uh, food and drink is at actually at the venues suddenly I'm looking at all these prices in England now it's like oh this is good value when actually before I went away it was like we were getting ripped off every day of the bloody week
3: and to be fair to Tottenham if they, you know, they increase the prices, but they also increase the time you can drink in the ground, don't they? Is it two hours you can stay after the ground on like a weekend game, and they should be making bloody good money on that.
0: Yeah, well, that was another thing yeah, that really pissed them off about COVID was that because they they cracked the jackpot there because as we know at Villa nobody hangs around for a you know a pint or two there. It's like party time. It's a it's a really good scene actually that where the was it called the Goal yeah, Line the long, Bar, longest, the yeah. longest bar in Europe. All right, point number three: a nice novel act of football kindness from. Uh, The AC Milan players, probably after they roasted him big time on the pitch, uh, Marco Ciara, the uh, referee, made a tits-ass of uh, tits-ass. Is that the right saying? I'll take it for now. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? What ass is it? It's not tits-ass. Tits-up. That's probably one. You probably butchered
3: two sayings there.
0: Made a, a rat's ass. That, I that'll think do. rat's we'll ass. Maybe a rat's arse. <laughs> rat's ass of a decision. Uh, you know more. about so Sarah was the
3: the ref of the game at the San Siro between AC and Spezia, one of the smaller, should we say, Italian sides. He would had a bit of a mayoral game, and then it, as the game was very tightly poised late on, AC scored a perfectly acceptable winner, which was wrongly disallowed, and he knew straight away and held his hands up and said, "I think I fucked up there."
0: What did he say that on the pitch though? So, what, he so why can't you overrule it? I think it was because
3: the, the passages of play had gone. He'd kind of let the game run, especially when went up the other end and won the game in the 96th minute. So, of course, he got surrounded by the AC Milan team, who were obviously you know, rightfully furious with the decision, swarmed the ref, um, who knew he was in the wrong in hindsight. Um, and now he's facing a lengthy suspension for his you know, performance by the, uh, the the Italian version of PGMOL.
0: What what did Milan do that was so? Well, kind? Apparently,
3: after the game, he was in such a state of shock from you know because you know visibly upset and had floods of tears in the tunnel. All the Milan, a lot of the uh, you know the Milan players went over and gave him sort of hugs and whatever else and said, "Oh, you know, everyone makes mistakes."
0: Whatever else, what what like what? I dread to think. <laughs> shall I? am not going to take this sordid. I'm going to step off. I thought Slatan might drop kick him <laughs> or something, but Slatten's so- older than him. That's hilarious, yeah, isn't is it? it, when you're older oh, right. than a ref? Ah, so it was like yeah, a young ref. 39-year-olds, that's sorry, pretty young, for... isn't it, for a ref? Right, let's get into this game. That's why Max is here. He's, he's not interested in bloody referees messing up <laughs> against Milan. He wants to talk about uh, the road trip that was uh, Goodison. A team, uh, I, I, I don't get this uh, this narrative that, uh, oh, you know, poor old uh, Everton, they're in the same same shoes that we were when we were in decline it's like last season at the start they won the first seven games in all competition. They were top of the stopped league. Stopped us from being top of the league. Yeah, they stopped us being top of the league in the first four games. Uh, they've still got some pretty decent players. I mean, they had uh, Angelotti as manager last season. They've had Rafa. They've just gone through two of the you know Europe's uh, more celebrated oh, not powerhouse uh, managers it's, traditionally.
4: It's, yeah, two European Cup winners.
0: Yeah, powerhouse managers. And everybody's going, oh, poor Everton, poor Everton. Oh, it's Likers and the Lambert. I think that was what, what I Bits said actually. on a radio station. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I stand by that. The club going nowhere. But Everton used to be, under Moyes, there used to be this team where they would alternate seasons. Like one season, they'd be having a go at the Champions League places. And then the next season, they'd be fighting relegation. And then the next season, they'd never sack Moyes because they knew if he had a shit season, next season, they'd be challenging. And then the again. one year they got in, didn't they? They got in the Champions League and couldn't get through the qualifying phase, which was yeah. So, I, so I just thought that was the Everton way. So everybody's like feeling sorry for them and doing uh, what Milan were doing to this referee. <laughs> but you know, go. It's only a season of woe for fuck's sake. It's not like Villa. Five like, seasons uh, of
3: painful decline. A, a
0: decade of like having our souls slowly ripped out of and nearly, our bodies and nearly going out of business out of in the bodies. process. Yeah, so uh, there's a bit of context there. It's like when Arsenal fans start crying when they lose a game. we're not in the top four. And and we were getting relegated and potentially liquidated. (laughs) And we were like, "Eh, well, you know, try a day in our shoes.
3: Yeah, oh no, we finished below Tottenham for one
0: season. I'm not feeling sorry for Everton at this point in time uh, in the football context, but uh, just to uh, more context, obviously, Duncan Ferguson came in as uh, interim manager. If you uh, don't know who Duncan Ferguson is, he used to be like one of the hardest footballers, centre forward. You wouldn't mess with him on the pitch, uh, put it that way. Or off it.
4: (laughs) Or off it. (laughs) No chance.
0: Preferably, if you had any beef, have it on the pitch because at least there's. And be on his side. (laughs) But he went on the charm offensive uh, by putting money behind uh, a lot of the local bars for fans to have a drink. Did you manage to get in on that action uh, stage?
1: No, the first time I saw about this was uh, when I was on the way (laughs) home. So unfortunately, not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I would have been buying an Everton scarf and just uh, (laughs) just going in and cheers, Duncan, lads. (laughs) (laughs) cheers Duncan lad but you looked at uh, even though we missed out on the free drinks you looked at the Villa lineup and you go wow that actually this is finally I mean this season's been a joke in terms of being able to uh, field a strong team but this was finally potentially the strongest team we've had this season but in the last you know good good decade or so that's that's
1: what I said that's what I said outside the ground I thought it was definitely the strongest side that we've got I didn't personally think that Coutinho would start but it was nice to see that he did Um, I think the whole Watkins and Ings thing is is needed addressing in my opinion it was nice to see Watkins get the number nine position Um, the the McGinn coming back in that's a big factor as well Um, so yeah in my opinion it was 100% 100% the best side we've got.
0: Yeah, because uh, you you can see uh Coutinho's, is like the the answer to what was becoming a debate. I mean, I didn't really think about the Watkins-Ings thing because I was like, well, there's no real better players to give us any better balance. But as soon as he came in and it's like, well, this is built so we can only play Watkins or Ings. And to be honest, I think Watkins been a bit shabby in his finish in, uh, in the last few games. And uh, that's going to be an interesting battle. It's not like Ings is now sitting on the bench forever. It's uh, That's going to be a little. Uh, competition between the two, I think. I think so.
3: I think so. And I think it's good, you know, you saw how Gerrard set us up against United in both, you know, the cup game and the league game. A slight tweak of system for the Everton game where he sort of, rather than it being a 4-3-3 or a 4 3 one he had sort of two 10s behind Watkins who just basically let them roam. You know, we were very narrow. but All of a sudden you've got, Cashew likes to get forward Dini likes to get forward and in the first half we completely outnumbered him in the middle of the park
0: Watching it on uh, TV Max uh, there was a lot said about the atmosphere there and obviously Duncan Ferguson was riling them up as well I mean what? how was it compared to uh, the norm
1: I, th- I was actually really disappointed um, I, th- I thought <laughs> it would be This is what we like
0: <laughs> yeah. to hear because you know this media bullshit they're just trying to sell the product Yeah I,
1: I thought they'd be up for it I think you know Rafa getting sacked which every single ever Fan was pretty much campaigning for. I thought they'd be up for it, it would be loud, um, it'd be one of them games where they'd throw themselves into tackles and everything, but the fans they really, really weren't, weren't up for it. I don't think obviously the away end isn't close to the Gladys Street where they're sort of hardcore sit, but yeah. yeah, there was just absolutely nothing. There was a few renditions of Everton, Everton, but yeah, it was it was pretty, pretty terrible. I
3: think we did a really good job, you know, in the first half in sort of taking the steam out of the whole occasion. Because I think otherwise I think if they'd have got on top, maybe got an early goal, similar to when you go to Newcastle, the fans can really play a part, but I think actually we, we sort of took the sting out of Everton and the occasion. It wasn't until sort of the second half where they got up ahead of steam a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think I said uh, in Match Club. I, I just before we scored, uh, I just, I was I was feeling pretty confident just watching. Uh, we, we were just missing the you know just final the ball. final final ball and uh, the finish. But you just saw us cutting through them. And,
4: you know, Buendia is, he just gets better every, every yeah, game. Man, and Ramsey, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, Jared called Buendia a li- little warrior. I mean, that, that sums him up perfectly because he's, he's not shy about getting into, you know, the tackle, holding the ball up, you know, getting fouled. It, nothing seemed to affect him. He just keeps going.
0: Max, do you think Ramsey is now showing his true colours because he's got the kind of players that uh, will basically bring the best out of him? He can kind of do these give and goes and carry the ball and you know release players because everybody's kind of buzzing around him now Yeah I
1: think him and Buendia are probably the most improved players this season from where they were you know look at Watford away first game I think I was fairly critical of Ramsey, especially last season and probably the start of this season. I didn't. I was fairly naive. I didn't really see what he offered. I thought he was a bit of a nothing player. I think he took a while to get um, his first goal. He was probably a little bit nervous, which is totally understandable with him being so young. But I think, especially in recent weeks, he's been one of our best players. I think his confidence to drive with the ball is, is brilliant.
0: Yeah, that was our, the consensus on this show. It was like, well the best case of why he's getting games is because, you know, it's it's young, he gives you energy in the middle of the park and, uh, you know, when you're playing teams like Leeds or whatever, you can see it. But we didn't actually... S- there was a reason he was getting picked, you know, obviously doing something in training that we hadn't been seeing. But now you kind of see why why he's been pushed forward and
4: continue to be pushed forward and he's he's been a revelation yeah, we did an interview i think it was last week in the medium he talked about his family I that didn't realize his, his dad was a boxer and, he, and like he did boxing training and sort of his brothers his dad fought Ricky Hatton twice so i mean you can see yeah, right. he's, he's he's like uh, there's in the first half where I think it was Mina maybe, you know, ripped his shirt to sh- shreds. And it's like, it didn't, didn't even <laughs> phase him. He just stands up and gets on with it. And even, you know, when, when there was the crowd trouble after the after the goal, you know, Ramsey's just there. It's like, if you got anything more? So, you know, things like that, don't phase him.
0: Yeah, that was that was just the Kappa quality control test. Failed <laughs> <So, laughs> miserably. And
4: that,
0: that was the final test before we, whether we decided to, whether we renew that contract or not and they failed miserably. So uh, expect a new, uh, new shirt provider next season. I kind of like Hummel. I was a bit jealous of it. That's the only thing I was jealous of. Everton was when I saw their kit and I thought, yeah, I kind of like the old Villa. Obviously, had Hummel uh, once upon a time. I I don't. Yeah, they didn't let us down when it came to uh, Hummel shirts. They never let us down. And the the Hummel um, best ones
3: of like leisure wear. Yeah, the the training gear and that was is, is really cool. That stuff now is really collectible as well.
0: Well, we're talking about gear, Max. Uh, I think myself, I think Dan as well. We got emails from uh, is it Bape that, that that guy, that random guy, had done some Villa Fusion.
1: Oh, yeah. I've, did you get and you got? Did you get a shirt? Did he send it to yeah, you? Yeah, there's a guy on Instagram who I think at the start of every season when they're talking about kits, people like to do their own concept kits, and this this yeah. guy on Instagram was quite cool, and he, he actually made them in real life, and they are they are quite cool. Yeah. But I said to him, uh, "Have you heard the concept
0: of copyright? <laughs> Cuz you're going to get your ass busted in 2 by, you know, Bape
1: Villa, it's got kazoo all uh, over it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> kazoo. <laughs> it's like, and he's like, "What do you mean? You know, what? he's like, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, have you had a look at it?" And I was like, "Yeah, I've seen it. Mate. <laughs> you, you like could get shot from like three or four angles. <laughs> it's not just one person coming after you." But this is, I mean, this is a kind of fun thing about people doing merch and stuff. They don't realize that uh, everything is copyrighted. The Aston Villa name is copyrighted. The reason why you see scarves. Uh, been sold on those stores outside with villains spelt with the i in it is because villa have got villains with the a n copyrighted so well, uh, hope, they were uh, just I like i
1: hope no one from the national network rail is listening to this podcast because on my villain to logo there's a uh, network rail badge right <laughs> in the middle um, so <laughs> that is true let's <laughs> be careful I
0: just i hope the rolling stones don't listen to this show <laughs> because uh the cover is uh it's an appropriation it's like you know andy warhol style appropriation of one of their album covers as well but you know you've got to take inspiration but when you're just actually ripping stuff off and selling it as uh, it's that's when it's kind of humorous especially when you go what do you mean copyright anyway good luck to it.
2: picture the scene all of your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go partner this with your team playing champagne football perfect order mug delivery now on the mcdonald's app there's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply. See
0: mcdonalds.com. Sorry, what were we talking about? We were the talking about at Greenwich Let's get back to that. When the goal came, there was no surprise. The only surprise was it was from a Buendia bullet flick header directly Great from a corner, that. which uh, which uh, he's he's shown that he's... He, I mean, in terms of timing and, he, and his head, headering, he's uh, done yeah, it a couple the of
3: The man was a yeah. dress rehearsal, wasn't it? it was basically the same routine from Dini. Great yeah. delivery. Real pace on it as well.
1: I had one against Leicester, didn't he? I think it went down as a concert goal, but that was pretty much yeah. a Buendia header, so yeah. who knew?
4: Yeah. yeah. And then there was a dress rehearsal even in that before because Coutinho forced Pickford into the save that made the corner. I mean, Coutinho's not the tallest either. So, no. Nah. That was awful defending yeah. for the
3: Coutinho yeah. one and then for the goal as well. I think it was Rich wasn't it? On the near post, completely switches off.
0: Yeah. I mean, Pickford, uh, to his credit, almost uh, saved it. You got a hand to it. But it was the, the header was so uh, well placed that there's nothing he could should do. should have it left like
1: it because Townsend would have headed off the line, wouldn't he? I don't I think if Pickford yeah, didn't touch
0: yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good point. But no, uh celebrations. Uh, well, I'm to talk about the celebrations, actually, because uh, com- some commentators were saying, oh, they shouldn't celebrate in front of oh, the home off. fans. It's like, Whoa.
4: it's like that's where they are, you yeah. fool. Sure, it's just victim shaming, that's what it is, isn't it? So you get hit by a bottle, it's your fault for being there. It's not the person through the bottle.
0: Did the away contingency saw actually what happened?
1: Absolutely not, no. I mean, we're writing that
0: <laughs> you're in right a pile on the, the floor somewhere. <laughs> Well,
1: yeah. I I mean, I know some people at the back, the views are atrocious. Well, yeah, even where I was, I think I was sort of six or seven rows back and you could not see that corner. So I didn't see them lying on the floor or anything. I didn't even know it had happened until after the game.
0: Didn't even know there was a goal (laughs) until after the game. Well, yeah, (laughs) pretty
3: much. (laughs) Until you saw the smoke bomb going off. Ah, I must have scored then.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, I didn't know it was Buendia.
3: It wasn't like it was one bottle. It was about five or six. It was like a big pile of debris on the pitch. Yeah, later, later he's getting in, in second half, one as well. Daniel was getting literally getting pelters.
0: By the way, uh, it is Max Steaks that always lets off those smoke bombs. Is when absolutely
1: not. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> well,
0: it was a bit close to you. I saw that. I just I watched your last video actually before the show, and
1: uh, you kind of feigned surprise. Oh, what's this? <laughs> well, I smelt it first of all, and then I look around, and it's just there in my face. And but I can promise it's not me.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm joking. Uh, Please, if you're listening to the yeah. show. Uh, Anyway, back to the game. Interesting thing, uh, I mean, just looking at the actual stats uh, and and what I was saying about Lucas Dean uh, last week when uh, at Villa Park, he spent a lot of the time on the left-hand side with his hand in the air, passing it it to me. Everybody ignored him. This time, complete revelation turnaround. He had 92 touches compared to Cash's 42 Which suggests they decided, right? We'd better go down the left-hand side this time.
3: Well, he was the man over, wasn't he? Every time he was the spare man.
0: Yeah, and you know, you look at Mings, who uh, Mings and Conza, Mings obviously plays on the left-hand side of that centre-back partnership. He had sixty-one touches compared to Konsa's thirty-five, which just suggests that that is their strongest side. Obviously, because Coutinho and Ramsey tends to drift to the left.
3: Watkins tends to drift to the left. So I think we're going to, you're probably going to see more and more of that happening. It'll be interesting to see how that changes at home because of course, Dean has had 92 touches, but the second half, he barely got across the halfway line.
0: Uh, Max, uh, was Dean standing there? Because this is something that's normally out off the uh, TV Frame uh, was Dean standing there with his hand in the air, in the air this time, or was he getting the ball more instinctively? I
1: think it's it's getting there, isn't it? I think over time players will learn how he works. But yeah, he definitely saw more of the ball. I think in the second half, Dean was down our side, and like Chris said, I don't think he got enough. You know, in the Everton side, I not think anyone did really. We didn't really do anything second half. I think Watkins had a chance, didn't he, early on? But from then on, it's pretty much all Everton.
0: Did you feel comfortable, though? Like, you know, there's there's phases we go through as Villa fans. Like there was a phase where it lasted many a season where we knew in the last 10 minutes we were going to concede a goal if, if we had any pressure against us yeah but then then it was like when we had those 15 clean sheets and, the, and that defense was suddenly down pat you felt pretty good if we were one nil up in the last 10 minutes it's like yeah we can see this out but w- what was you feeling this time yeah
4: I
1: think it was fine I don't think in the first half they created anything I think the only real save that Martinez had to make was sort of like a, a pat away wasn't it in the second half I think it was from a corner yeah. or across I think Calvert-Lewin had one as well I'm not sure who crossed it but he was stretching for that and it blamed over but I don't think Everton they didn't show any quality there was nothing serious to worry about I always I was always fairly confident that we'd be okay but another side that if it was another side with better players, and then yeah, I would have been a bit worried. But nah, there was nothing too serious. I
3: think um, Ferguson. We we talked about this in match club. I think Ferguson actually. You have to hold your hands up to them and say they got their plan right because in the first half they let Villa's midfield run the game, play through the phases, and got on top of them. You thought every time we get in their third, we can cause them problems. Second half, he's clearly said we've got two big guys up front. Let's just bypass the midfield altogether and not let them get on the ball. Yeah. All of a sudden, then you've got you know, McGinn who's not tall, Louise who's not tall, trying to pick up second balls off. You know challenges with you know Richarlison and. Carl at Lewin against Mings and Cons, and it became a very physical kind of like a cup game or a local derby or something. It was real sort of very route one, very direct football and they were trying to just pick up the pieces of which they did reasonably well but as Max said, I don't think they showed a lot of sort of footballing
0: quality. No. yeah uh, it's, it's a disgrace this is the Premier League they should allow our um, Brazilian magicians <laughs> run to run the game uh, do their thing <laughs> let us run the game we'll, sh- we'll entertain the neutrals you just fucking defend your asses off I mean it was effective to be
3: fair to them but it was like a lot of the teams we used to play against in the championship where you'd, you know you'd bring on like Mele Yedinak for the last 10 minutes and obviously we brought Hawes off the bench didn't we to deal with the aerial bombardment we came under but I thought we dealt with it pretty well and I love I said in match club I love wins like that where you go away from home and it's scrappy and ugly you get the one nil by showing a r- bit of real quality and when you get the chance you show some real great football we said it for the last few weeks now our interplay one and two such passing's been brilliant at times
0: and then we showed we can actually battle now as well and this is where mings comes in because he loves that kind of shit when the, you know when when the ball's just been hitting at every angle and that is their more direct yeah. approach it's you know it's meat and gravy for him I and mean, he's still getting stick on social I mean, media there's
3: like a couple of misplaced passes wasn't it but like if he was not, we've said this, how many times, if he, if Mings was not making a single mistake a game, he wouldn't be playing for Villa.
0: We haven't got much of that. I think Lucas Dean brings a bit to it, but at the moment it's McGinn and Mings is our uh,
4: kind of grit yeah. and steel. And that got us through the and second half. And leadership and communication. I mean, people say that um, Villa dropped off in the second half. I mean, it... It's not easy to play against a team that's main method of attack is whenever you get any space, anywhere down any channel, no matter how far you in, get, get it into the box because Everton were whipping crosses in. They weren't getting to the byline each time. They were whipping them from anywhere the, Young guy they brought on was Gordon. He's got a great delivery on him. Yeah, you he's been playing it. well recently as well. Yeah, you can see it just arcing down into the box, and then that's where you know, as you said there, that's where Mings is for. I mean, there was one he dived out the block and near the end, like he flung himself at it there and put the Everton playoffs. So, I mean, I don't see where people have what have people have to complain about.
3: I think it's a real green flag that when you sort of manage to hold a team like that at arm's length, be it's true. like we don't have like a divine right for Everton to allow us to play the way we want to play, and you have to respect Ferguson and his team for going. If we try and go toe-to-toe with Villa on the floor, we'd have just battered them in the second half because we had another yeah. gear to go into, I think, in the first half and didn't quite get into it. And we saw it in patches in the last few games. And I think if ever- Everton ever opened up and chased the game by trying to play on the floor, we'd have picked them off on the break.
0: And, um, you know, we're away from home it's as well. It's a difficult place so, to go. Well, if, if the home team's down, there's going to be a momentum shift. The, you know, the crowd are obviously going to help with that shift as well. So you expect... Uh, to be backs against the wall to a certain extent i think if we had scored a goal early in the second half it would have been a different game i think we'd have just walked through them because they're not great at the back everton uh, it's, it's, I, I i as max was saying i i i mean i felt pretty confident because they just they don't look deadly in terms of their finishing they weren't asking uh serious questions yeah they had one shot on target all game which uh Kind of says it all, really, in terms of how comfortable Villa were. I'm
1: fairly disappointed with calvert Lou, and I know he had a, a huge injury, but he, he just hasn't yeah. got up to speed, and, and where he was with Charleston as well. Was, oh, I'm a big fan of him. I think he's really, really good, but neither of them really offered to, especially in the first half. You didn't, didn't even notice they were there. They were really poor.
0: Would you have them down as a serious relegation contender? Because, as we mentioned in the last show, you always expect... Uh, Bottom three clubs to win more than they had have been doing, like in the you know, let's say the last ten games, more games in those last ten games than they have uh, in the uh, the start of the season that's, that's got them down there. But Everton, uh, they need to get some momentum somewhere. Norwich have got some momentum. Uh, Newcastle look like they're going to wag their tail at the end a little bit, and uh, you know Burnley aren't going to go down without a fight. Brentford look like they might be out. Sort of might have a bit of a wobble
1: in them at the moment. Yeah,
0: but would you have Everton down as a? Uh, Nah.
1: Potential dropper. They're only they only three points ahead of Norwich, but yeah, I I don't see it happening at all. I think that bottom four is is fairly well, he's a lot poorer than than Everton, even what we saw yesterday. I think they'll they'll pick up at some point. Yeah. I don't think they can consistently be as poor as they were under Rafa. So I think they'll they'll pick up and they there won't be in any danger.
0: Uh Gerard said after the game, uh, if Everton wanted a war and wanted to fight, we'll give you one. I th- that's what I like about Gerard. He's uh you know, just you just saw when he was walking uh, off the pitch and at halftime, just kind of smiling at the Everton fans who are obviously giving him shit. There's a steeliness about him, and you you can understand his mentality as a player and why he was successful. And now to have that slowly dripping into Villa's DNA as well, it's uh, I think that's the the most positive thing about this Gerard move. It, you can see what's different between his Villa and what Smith's Villa was. He just instills belief, doesn't he? I yeah. think it's because
4: he. It might be because he never won the Premier League as a player. He still has like that hungry, feels like he can still channel. I Meaning you compare him to like Lampard won one at all domestically, and like just as a manager, you don't you didn't see Lampard sort of instilling that belief into any of his teams.
0: Must admit, I was having a little Google yesterday trying to get the odds of Villa winning the league next season, <laughs> but I couldn't find them. <laughs> Anybody who's got any good odds for next season? Uh, I'm just saying on. Uh, on this show now just so I can have a massive crystal ball moment next season hopefully
3: I was quite pleased with my crystal ball moment to be honest again
0: Another, 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 oh, another, uh, scrappy, another scrappy 1-0 win. win you know you throw yourself memories back to the, the Leicester situation where you can kind of explain a little bit of that but in terms of the Villa we've got we're getting an increasingly talented team and you look team. at what our
3: squad's going to be in maybe six weeks time potentially with your sort of in Trezeguet Traore Bailey being back
0: but this kind of no-nonsense winning attitude and also that little itch of Gerard never winning the Premier League I mean it's kind of storied isn't it it's that Hollywood ending isn't it am I getting ahead of (laughs) myself
3: am I getting ahead of myself I'd take a trophy in general what it does do I think is you know you look at the way the the picture and I think you, you hear about what the players are saying and I don't I don't think we'll achieve it personally but Martinez has talked about Europe and I think with the way that the situation at the top of the table with the League Cup place will go to two Champions League teams in reality. The FA Cup, you'd fancy a team in the Champions League to win that. The places are going to drop down and down and down. It might even be the eighth position. Gets you into Europe this season,
0: Max. Are you looking forward to the Europa Conference or whatever it's, it's called, called this year?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Buzzing to the third s- tier, of six Europe. flights to get to Azerbaijan on a Thursday night. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I'm really excited to start booking my tickets to the arse end of Europe. Yeah, can't does, wait. But what, stop what I do passport. like about, well, yeah, what I do like about Gerard is the fact that he's he's mentioned Europe countless times, and that's clearly the aim. And he's also mentioned the FA Cup and wanted to win an actual trophy a lot yeah. as well, which I'm a big fan yeah. of because yeah. when Smith was in charge, it did do my head in a little bit that. That he put out these weaker sides in the cups, just because I've never seen us win anything, and I just think winning that FA Cup it would just change everything. It would just be the most euphoric of, yeah. of things. So I, I love that he's he's up for the cups for sure.
0: Because we've had, I mean, after uh, just nosediving in the in the Premier League, we've had like three seasons where most Villa's fans' ambition was beating the Blues, and that's all well and good. And it's you know to me, it's not much of a comfort blanket. But uh, but now we, if you want to be uh, considered legit you've got to win something and that's got to be from a mentality and, and Gerard is pretty transparent when, when we lose and you know when he said uh, I think it was against United in the cup game after when he said nearly is yeah, not good enough yeah well
3: but close isn't good enough
0: Villa have been nearly so many times and they're almost like, you know, against Manchester United in previous games, it's almost like England being the gallant losers and losing on penalties, but it's not good enough. You lose on penalties, you lose. But Gerrard's
3: that's not in his DNA and you can see that. And I like the lack sort of the lack of naivety, you know, Smith, especially when we first went into the Premier League, used to talk up, oh, you know, if we're 2-0 up with 10 minutes to go, we'll, we'll try and get the third. Gerrard's like, no, we'll just win. Yeah. but if we need well, yeah. to do, no, we'll just win.
4: If we're if we're up with 10 minutes to go, we're bringing on Courtney Hawes, that's it, we win. I mean, the Suarez link, I, t- you know, to me it's a load of
0: bollocks. Villa aren't going to go in for somebody who's nudging on 35 and uh, they've already got uh, a big marquee player in. So just uh, long-term, it didn't make any sense. But the fact that, you know, in Gerard's biography, he's raving about Suarez all the time. And outside of the Liverpool-verse, you know, Suarez was seen... Uh, as a you know, C U N T essentially, but his bottom line is just winning, winning, win nasty, win bad, you know, win any which way, and uh, we need a bit of that, even if it may upset the purists. Well, that's the thing isn't it. People always like Villa because they don't see us as a threat. But we need to when you punch above your weight, you've got to pull on the dark arts. Well, you
3: want it. You want it ultimately get to a point where you're not. It isn't. You know, winning things isn't punching above your weight. That's the goal, isn't it? You want to be in the mix, and that's the expectation. Yeah.
0: But, you know, if Leicester can win an FA Cup, then we damn well should be able to. With our resources, absolutely. All right,
4: start of the game, uh, Phil Shaw, get anything? Well, Lucas Dean has more assists against Everton than he has in the games he played for Everton this season. So <laughs> that's a bit of a rubbing salt <laughs> in the win for them. Isn't he in the last yeah. few years, I heard? He's only he's second to Trent, isn't he, for
3: overall assists and stuff, which is bloody good going, to be fair. He's kind of like slightly under the radar considering some of the sort of the high-profile left-backs like Robertson, Chilwell, et cetera. He almost doesn't get the credit he deserves, maybe because he's played for Everton.
0: Also, uh, another stat, Villa are the joint second highest for goals scored from set pieces with nine... This is the thing we've always joked about Nanny McPhee we, we still call him Nanny McPhee that every time we score a, a set piece it's, it's like it has to be because of Nanny McPhee we, not, be- not because we beat the first man for once <laughs> yeah it's like you look when we got that free the thing the thing was the first free kick we had which was just outside their the cent- very central outside their box and you just looked at the people queuing up discussing who should take it and you thought yeah, we're in a good place nowadays <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's now it's now not a matter of oh shit Horahan isn't on the pitch we, we're we going to squander this but you know there was dean louise continue mcginn, McGinn can hit sniffing around so i think it's a it's it's a mixture of nanny McPhee and uh better quality players i think right let's finish off with uh, a b- the burning question of the week how do villa use this two-week break best now to keep their momentum it was 16 days. I, I was quite pleased that uh, originally, I, because I saw Coutinho was going away and Louise was going away and uh, Martinez, I thought, oh, this is an international break. But it's actually only really an international break for the, week, uh, the South, South Americans and the uh, Afcon lads uh, may still be out. So it is, it is pretty much a, uh, a two-week break because obviously there's an FA Cup uh, round factored in as well. But I think essentially what Gerard said, this is it's like gold dust, I yeah. think he called it. It's a proper reset. And it really, because he didn't have a pre-season, he, he had to just kind of parachute in and away he went. So this is the first actual, uh, let's say, downtime he's had with the players. Although saying
4: that, they've all been sent off for a few days. I wonder how long they've got. It won't be that long. No, I heard them talking about what he yeah. called yellow days, which is like, you know, basically just training, keeping training. <laughs> yeah, they'll
3: do like their, that means they can, um, they can put them into the red zone, doesn't it? Where you can do like double days if you want, almost like a, a proper pre season fitness job where you would expect them to do a lot of tactical work, loads of fitness. And I wouldn't be surprised somewhere in there, they'll have at least one game behind closed doors or a game between themselves just to get a few of those lads. You know, maybe haven't had a game time, or to get everybody up to a relatively level playing field. And back foot back four wise, of course, other than the goalie, you can actually do a lot of work defensively.
0: Yeah, Max Stokes, do you think this break is going to put us in a position to uh, propel us to the European places? Because at the start of the season, that was the the remit. That was Europe was the goal.
1: Oh, I'd I'd like to think so. I just think. I, I think next year, I hate to say, oh, next year, next year, because we've said that for countless years now, next year's our year. But I think with a pre-season with Gerard, I think that's going to be great. I think this two-week break now is sort of like a mini one. But I think you get into the summer, we get a few more signings in, maybe an actual defensive midfielder would be nice. But I just think we've left it possibly a little too late. Yeah, um, I think there is a little yeah. bit of a gap. I mean, even up to Wolves in eighth, there's an eight-point gap. And I think... Wolves have got a game in hand, I think. Um so there is there is a little bit of a gap there and I think wolves are flying this season. Tottenham Arsenal, West Ham are still going as well. And I know Europe can drop down to potentially eight, but I just think a ah, little bit of a stretch this season, but it's not out of the question, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, um, I would I'd be happy to get that the DM Bentham curve. Yeah. My mate is actually a Juventus fan, said you can have him. Oh
1: <laughs> that's that <good> start. <laughs> That's, that's what
0: my Barcelona yeah. friend, uh, friend said about Coutinho. Well, he's, he's, he's a fraud. You can take Yeah,
4: you know, that
3: really great, dominant, for a decade, Juve team has just been pulled apart. So I think he's just having a meltdown and he hates all of them. <laughs> you know, he yeah. you know, he's, he's, he's like, well, he's no Pierlo. Like.
4: That's the thing. He's still starting for them. He's starting against AC Milan. Yeah. But going back to my. Uh, Premonition of Villa winning
0: the league next year. It would be hand- handy for him to come in this season to bed him down, and the back end of this season mm-hmm. to get him ready for our uh, our triumphant. Uh Conquering of the Premier League next season. From what season.
3: had said in that Sky interview last week, I think that's kind of what they're alluding to—that they want to do their heavy lifting for the summer now, bed them in, so that come yeah. you know June and July, when the players come back for pre-season, they don't have to have too many new lads coming in.
0: That's uh, if I was Gerard, that's uh, exactly how I'd be. Because you know, you're not going
3: like, to. The reality is, you, sh- you shouldn't be involved in anything beneath you in the league. You're looking up, and if you don't achieve anything, you know, you're not
0: in the cups. You can use this time wisely. Because the whole, uh, you know, continue uh, signing is let's, let's see what you got. If you're good enough this season, you will be playing for Villa next season. And that's when we'll be cracking on because there's nothing really to play for. So it is almost like a testing ground for him. And Gerard's like, well, what's happened has compromised what I can do with Villa this season in terms of the bigger picture. So he's got that off his. Uh, You know, it's not on him where we finish this season and he'll just be using it to uh, gear up for next season, kind of 100%. And then uh, that's when he'll be judged and, uh, you know, he he starts in a level playing field. And I think we will be uh, a force. Right, uh, so much optimism now on this show. It's uh, We're talking about winning the league next season. Well, I am, because I'm, I'm deluded. Locking out with the goldfish out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we go, I just want to say a big thank you, as always, to the My All Men Said patrons. It was good to uh, chat again uh, in Match Club uh, properly for the Everton game. Uh, I think I did the shout-outs last week, so uh, if you want to join us in Match Club and get access to extra podcasts uh, there's a mad few session coming up uh, q a session coming up very shortly and then also uh, a couple from myself from uh, various meetings I've had uh, go to myomansed.com and click on the patron link for more details there and uh, jump on aboard. Right, uh, good to have you back, Mister Stokes. Uh, any final words from you?
1: Um, I'm just excited for the next few games. I think we've talked about the the two weeks coming up, but in terms of our fixtures as well, I think we've got some some winnable ones coming up. Leeds, Newcastle, Watford, Brighton, Southampton are our next five. So you'd like to think it starts at home is yeah. Of course, man. Exciting
0: yeah, times. Yeah, we're starting to starting to rub our hands a little bit. I think here, now's aren't the we? time, though. It's like if you're
3: going to put your foot on the accelerator, now's the time to do it. When we get back after the two weeks and then you never quite know what can happen.
0: Yeah. Oh, just one thing uh, I-, I wanted to ask Max's opinion on uh, while while he's here. I had uh, this meeting with the uh, West Midlands Police uh, it's on uh, football units, their independent advisory board, and uh, there's a statistic that uh, I think up to this point of the season, halfway, compared to the last season... Uh, that actually had fans there's like an increase of 36% in terms of like crimes and you know bad behavior antisocial behavior etc cetera, etc cetera. and you know that what they put it down to uh, and this is you know it's not the first time I've heard this uh, is down to this generation of fans that were like 14 15 16 before uh, the covid lockdown happened so they missed out on those kind of years where you you're kind of growing wiser to to football and, you know, being streetwise and you're not just going with your parents or whatever, as you, you know, as you are, you know, 13 or 14 or, well, actually I was, I was going just with a mate, but, uh, then suddenly, you know, you have two years out and then you dropped in and the, a lot of it has been, uh, you know, this antisocial behavior, the police are saying is due to people not knowing how you're meant to behave at football and what, you know, you, you, you don't go into like home bars and, you know, different bars that are sometimes off lim- limits because they're hardcore bars or whatever. But have you, have you seen uh, on your travels uh, any kind of anything different? Is there-
1: I can't say I've noticed anything personally. I think my mates had a bit of trouble coming out of the ground yesterday I wasn't with them but there was a few Everton fans kicking off I think it's I'm not sure I personally haven't noticed anything I mean I see what you're saying with the age thing I think I was only 18 when the pandemic yeah. struck I'm now nearly 21 so there's a there's a big group of, of kids there who have grown up now and I think I haven't had any issues with Villa but when I've been ground hopping and went to Coventry I think they played Derby in the FA Cup not too long ago and there just seems to be yeah. loads of lads who were just there for a fight i mean even they were fighting amongst themselves um yeah it's 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 a difficult one but with villa i haven't noticed anything at all no
0: yeah because uh i mean one of them was saying to me she was policing uh wembley for that euros the final and she said it just felt weird it, and i'm not talking about you know the usual you know bad behavior in a football context but she was saying it just had a weird feeling that this wasn't like a football issue this was something else uh, and apparently the manchester united game was one of the most challenging games to police. Uh, and this is like across the city as well as well as in the ground that that uh, they've had for for years now and that includes like you know the villa blues uh, derbies uh, i mean there was about 17 United fans trying to get through the turnstiles for free. Some of them were showing tickets from like 2014, 2012, wh- wh- whichever game. I think we've played them twice before at half past five. So they were trying to use old tickets from years ago to get in. Just uh, hilarious. But uh, yeah, there's, it's kind of an interesting thing that they were saying, you know, about this misgeneration of two years of like kind of growing to know football. And it's just like people misbehaving because uh, they don't know what the, uh, The etiquette is. Right, uh, any final words from you, Mr. Shaw? No,
4: just enjoy the two-week break. Reset for everyone. Get ready to go for our unbeaten run to the end of the season. Yeah, that's the spirit.
0: We've got that reset break, and then we've got a nice little uh, handful of fixtures there that uh, could be interesting. I think think
3: we go into that break, you know, if if we'd have lost to Everton, I think the
0: mood might have been a bit different. Oh, we'll be relegation battle (laughs) time. Right until we uh, return from our uh, winter break. What are we calling? What are we calling this break? It is officially the winter break, isn't it?
3: Yeah, and we, because we, we couldn't get through the FA Cup, we wouldn't. We only have a week off.
0: Yeah, in, until we return from the winter break. When we go on this, as Phil Shorger just said, a long and beaten run to European glory. It's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. 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 Outside the usual questions, but what is the most memorable game or moment following the Villa? I mean, as a kid, watching the European Cup finals, pretty hard to beat. But in terms of actually at a game, uh, I would probably go for that Tramia Rovers second leg in that uh, semi-final. That was just madness. I mean, the final was fucking brilliant as well. Yeah, the Man
3: United final, I think, and the Leeds one a couple of years later.
0: Yeah, the Leeds one, we went we in there and beat them. We expected to beat them. The Manchester United, we were four to one outsiders. Yeah. So for me, the that United, or the. But. What's that? Is that a cat?
1: Oh, shit. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I trying, trying to stop him purring. I wondered what that you was. Sat on your lap. Okay, he's gone. Yeah, 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 he's gone now. He's gone. <laughs> he likes Billy, really likes
4: him. When you talk <laughs> about Billy, he just starts purring. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's a big <laughs> bailey fan <laughs> sorry about that he's gone it's all
0: good no, that's all right i just thought it was one of you guys i was like <laughs> who's, hung- who's hungry they? <laughs> either they're hungry or they, they're a psychopath
2: <laughs> away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com